0: And said, go. you, you know, we here. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Jordan McCook, back in the back again for another segment of the McCook & Co. radio show. Uh, this is our Black History Month edition. And so we would like to highlight an extremely dynamic African-American couple who's taken San Antonio by force uh, with a business so successful you can literally taste it. Uh, no pun intended, (laughs) with Chef Jay Belvin, CEO, founder of Countdown Catering and Events, and Lisa Banks, the founder of Sweet Indulgence out of Gary, Indiana. How y'all doing today? Doing good. good. Man, y'all are are awesome, man. Y'all are all over the city. If if anybody, I mean, if you're on social media, you can find these people. They are just getting back down from Houston, Texas, where they were – one of the chefs chosen to uh cater or to cook for uh I saw y'all were doing like the Hall of Fame uh some of the Hall of Fame players. Some of the
1: Hall of Fame players, um different VIPs. Yeah. Um pretty much all the sponsors. Yeah. That's what was cooking for them. Man, y'all
0: y'all are dope, man. I'm my cooking co is all about an outward expression of an inward greatness. Uh and like I always say on the show, I surround myself with people who are just doing dope stuff, not only in the city and the nation, uh and eventually man, internationally. And uh, you guys are, are changing the world, man, through some food, man. Like, I, mm-hmm. I taste your food, I guess, for the first time when we were at, uh, where were we at? Uh, it was Taste of New Orleans, and you did the, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I had never even had a beignet before. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> but uh, a beignet for the first time. And uh, what, else, what else did you have out there? You had some. Uh,
1: uh, crawfish etouffee.
0: Ooh yeah. boy. say man. Second that, place. Yeah. <laughs> second place, bro. Yeah, second place. Uh, and you guys started three years ago three what 2014 yeah. uh, at the you know small age of 21 and 22 years old and you guys have just been rocking out ever since and so uh i am honored to have you guys on the show we're gonna highlight mm-hmm. countdown catering and sweet indulgence a little bit and uh, i just want to get you guys' thoughts talk about um talk about y'all's business and so um when i was preparing for the show man when i heard about you guys um thinking about countdown catering just thinking about you guys and what y'all do uh, scripture came to my mind, uh, and it's First Peter 2 and 9, and it says, But ye are a uh, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar peculiar people that should uh, show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Man, and like I said, starting off so young, uh, you guys have, have grabbed the city, man, grabbed the attention of the city through food man and, and not only does it taste good man but just to hear y'all's story where y'all have come from yeah. uh, is such an inspiration such a uh, a motivation to those like myself who are coming up man and uh, doing some great things in the city and so I got some questions for y'all man I want to pick y'all's brains and uh, pick it. <laughs> hear hear you know a little bit about the journey and so um what what was it like man starting off uh, killing a game like you guys did and having so many people wanting to be a part of your success
1: well, first I want—I know we—we we wasn't killing the game at first. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. We, i started this company just from having a love to cook. Right. Um, I first started cooking when I first moved out of my parents' house, mm-hmm. which is about nineteen, twenty years old. Right. Uh, you know my parents—they—they right. both, both get down in the kitchen, but I never really paid attention. Right. So I started off with some ramen noodles, eggs, <laughs> like stuff. Right. Yeah. And then I started watching different shows and just testing stuff out and. Just fell in love with it right and of course she was she went to culinary school for two years so she kind of brought it out of me too right and um so i just started the company man I, I didn't have no background of how to start a company right i didn't know what to do um i just read a lot of books right talked to my parents talked to my dad um and just went from there man it was it was it was a lot of struggling right I mean, there's still struggles like here and there but that's part of growing a business
0: and you guys you guys have recently become i mean it's it's official now i mean it, y'all are this is your fiance yeah and yes. you guys are i mean your name will be eventually belvin and so I'm, I'm sure it was a help man finding someone who was cooking already you know what i'm saying i've, I've yeah, asked man. a question in a barbershop would you ever rather have a wife who could cook who could cook but wouldn't clean or a wife that would clean but can't cook. She does both. And she does both. Uh, <laughs> both. Man, you got a winner. At win the them. same time. <laughs> and so I'm sure that was, that just made everything all the more better. Uh, being so young, man, how did y'all know, how did you know she was the one? Man,
1: <laughs> when they say love at first sight, right. I can see what they mean when they say that. Gotcha. Um, I first saw her at a party and it was, she was with a friend of mine's Yeah. Uh, girlfriend. And I was like, hey, who, who is this? Right. Like, she's like, that's my cousin and, it was actually her cousin, and um, and so we had a class together. So the next week, I was like, who's that girl that you was with? And she was like, that's my cousin. And I was like, yeah. And she had a boyfriend at the time. Wait a uh, minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a we minute. We went there. We
2: went there. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to let you finish the story. She tells it a lot better than I do. All, All right. Here.
2: So he saw me. I never saw him. Okay. And um, prom's coming up. He's a senior. I'm a junior. He needs a prom date.
1: I, so. didn't, anyway, I didn't need that. I didn't <laughs> you,
2: need that. You wanted, you wanted me as right. a prom So I was
1: like, I'm to go by myself. Yeah. But yeah, I finished it.
2: And the story. so uh, <laughs> my cousin that he knew said, hey, it's this guy. He wants to take you to prom. I'm right. Like, okay. I don't know. Let's see. I wait, never... wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Time So you had a boyfriend at the time and was like, let's see. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, we were going to break up anyway. So okay, that doesn't even okay. matter. That doesn't right. even matter. It was, was already. It was already. Yeah. yeah it was over. already over. <laughs> So, um, got his number. I met him what the evening right before prom. I'm getting ready, no, no, and it
1: was about a week before. A I, week, I slid in her. Hey, you Facebook smooth, dreams. man. You was in the DMs. <laughs> I slid in the that's DMs. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> to Introduce myself a little bit, yeah. yeah. Away from there. On Facebook, yeah. She liked what she saw. Oh
2: <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> that's what so I like. So prom man. prom it was. That's fun.
1: Yeah, that's the first time we we met yeah Yeah. like face to face and And years later man y'all live on a radio show six and a half years later yeah man
0: that's beautiful man tearing it up in the city man and uh i mean y'all have one of those storybooks i mean you know tales of y'all's or journey man being together bro and this it's phenomenal man i see y'all like i said i've seen y'all everywhere man it's an honor to have y'all on my show man just Uh to get a glimpse into uh i'm sure i'm sure it's hard separating because y'all are business partners yeah. And so separating relationship mm-hmm. like yo like I'm husband now or you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm, I I got to be this guy and then it's like yo I got to be your boss as well or yeah. I, we we got to we got to operate or occupy that space you know what I mean yeah. together so mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that's that's uh not easy but you guys are doing it man like I said y'all are engaged now can we get some hand claps for that y'all engaged <laughs> and uh, y'all are doing some phenomenal things man so let me ask you another question man what do you tell those people who are constantly throwing money at you I had you both trying to invest. Like, yo, like, Mm -hmm. I want a part of Sweet Indulgence.
1: (laughs) Man, I've I've come across a lot of people that want to invest. I know you have. Uh, I've had two people come and want to buy the Countdown Catering name. Wow. Just because they see what we've done so fast. Yeah. And where where they see it going. Right. Um, And there's different people that just want to invest to, hate to say it, but they're money hungry. Exactly. Um, And I don't want to. Bring somebody into my business that's money hungry. I want them to have a love for food like I do. Right. I want them to treat it as the baby like I treat it as
0: my baby. Right. Mhm. What about you?
2: Um, I guess I'd say the same. You know, it's something that took a lot of time to create, and right. You just don't want to kind of give it away to anybody, right. and yeah, it's a. I don't know. It is our baby, both businesses. And trust me, it's
1: like I said. People wanted to buy the actual name. It was. It was kind of tough. That's something I had to. I talked to my dad. My dad's more like my, my business advisor, I guess. Um, but that's something I had to really just sit back and think about. Cause right. Because they threw out some good numbers. Yeah. Um, or at least one of them did. And that's something I had to really, like, think about if I was ready to give it up. Right. Know? But I'm not the type of person that's going to start something and not finish it. Exactly. Um, So I want to eventually grow this to global. Yeah. Not just San Antonio. Right.
0: And like I said, man, with this being the the Black History Month edition of this, man, it's phenomenal to see, um, you know, because being in a, in a city, man, that isn't as inviting to the black community, it had to have been uh, hard to break barriers or, you know, overcome that kind of thing. Yeah. And then when it's like, yo, like, I don't, maybe I don't see this going anywhere. And so staying true to your vision, staying true to your goal, the ultimate goal for it all it has to be, it has to be something that it's coming from the inside, you know what I mean? Like, people throwing money at you, I'm sure it was thousands, you know, like, hey, Belvin, you know, this is what I want, you know, for or this is what I'm willing to give you for your business and staying true to your goals, staying true to your vision, man, it's something I wanna highlight. Uh, When I asked you, man, before uh, talking about uh, you guys coming on the show, about your accomplishments, I wanted to know, uh, you know, just pick your brain as far as, you know, how, how do you stay true to the vision, to the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the things you uh, you told me, man, was not giving up. One of your biggest yeah. accomplishments that's, was that's not my giving one up. Accomplishment. Number number one, and that's what I got here, man. Explain that a little bit.
1: I would say not giving up because one, we started this business at a at a young age. Right. Um, we heard a lot of no's, a yeah. lot of no's. That and also being a young black man. Right. And me trying to, how can I put this? Trying to impress somebody at first sight. Right. Uh, was kind of tough for me. Yeah. Um. So hearing a lot of no's was was kind of discouraging mm-hmm. at points, um, and I mean, there's time. I mean, I've lost a lot just trying to keep this business right. going, you know. Right. Uh, but not giving up to where we are now is. Right. That's why I say it's my number one accomplishment.
0: That's that's um, that's huge, man. And I know it. Even with um, my cooking co, man, just being real, you know, a lot of the times, um, you don't you feel like you don't have the support. Yeah, or or yeah. that you need and so a lot of like i said a lot of that is having to come from reading your books yeah. uh watching videos i mean uh, help me you know what i mean Your exactly. you know mm-hmm. your fiance now but i mean overcoming those those hurdles those barriers and there's no blueprint to success yeah. it's something that has to come you know from from the inside and so not giving up is is definitely and i heard you when uh at um next next level dimensions mm-hmm. uh you were talking about that not uh mm-hmm. when you won, won the award you were talking about not giving up and uh overcoming those hurdles those barriers man uh being young and black mm-hmm. um and and taking a businessman from from nothing to something so fast so rapidly man is not easy to do and uh we applaud you for it man we applaud uh, applaud you for it man you have given to me uh some some advice some 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 help when yeah. when you know when i didn't know where to go so yeah. that was, and that that's, was
1: that's another reason why i don't give up too yeah um i want to be i tell people this all the time i want to be a example to a right. young black man. Yeah. Sports, drugs. Yeah. There's there's other ways that you can make it in this yeah. world. Um so that me just giving advice to like I gave you advice the other day. It yeah. is
0: how can I put it? I just wanna be a light yeah to other people. And that's that's what <laughs> I mean that's huge. And you are. You are. You were like I said, you were just at the Super Bowl down there cooking for <laughs> Hall of Famers, man. You I mean how much <laughs> I mean it it don't get no brighter than that. Yeah. You know and so um what kind of food, man? What's your What's your favorite kind of food to to put on that on that grill, and uh, that skillet? I mean, me being from Louisiana, man, I love
1: Cajun food. I love seafood. Yeah, um, that's that's my specialty. Um, so I take what I grew up eating and put my own little twist to it, make right. it look fancy and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that's me right and there. And Miss
0: Miss Lisa, you bake. What's your favorite thing to bake?
2: My favorite thing to bake, well. John loves apple pie, so oh, I love I'll apple pie. always. <laughs> I yes, I'll make yes, a, a, a bourbon, a bourbon apple pie. Um, oh, I got to get one of those. Yeah, cheesecake, things that he loves. Yeah. makes me love it more when you Aww. see someone that you love enjoy it. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> and that's so why good. when I first met her, I was 195 pounds. Here we go. I am. I knew it was coming. 250
0: pounds. Here we go. <laughs> 195 to 250 in
1: six years.
0: Well, let me tell you something, man. I would, I would rather be fed. And, and, and happy yeah. than, than hungry. You can't have a skinny
1: chef. Yeah, know. exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your chef gotta be big, man. At least so I had uh, at Mr. Shout out to Mr. Kevin Pope, man, who's doing my video. At his wedding, I uh, had some, what what kind of cupcake was that? That was a...
2: That was a lemon. I think a, I did a lemon.
0: It was two of them. I had the other one.
2: And a vanilla bean.
0: Ooh. If y'all, catering any events or just
1: catering.com?
0: dot .com. Yeah. Man, listen, if y'all want these people to cater at your next event, let me tell you something. That vanilla bean <laughs> cupcake <laughs> that I had was so good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> was so good. I, it just melted in your mouth. I ain't never had anything like it, man. These are these are Thank the you. best chefs I know in San Antonio, <laughs> man. And, and we got them here on the show. A uh, couple more questions for you guys. Is it difficult, man, being a couple and working together?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he says I to hear and about it.
1: Definitely, like in the kitchen, man, I'm in my zone. Yeah, I'm a different person when I'm cooking. An and and she knows that look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She knows that look when to move. She knows when to come help me. Right. I think we work pretty good together. Um, but yeah, it does get tough a lot of yeah. times. Talk I think the
2: it. hardest part is the separating the business from the relationship. Oh. Yeah. And so, to anybody out there, I think if you can get through that, yeah. Then you have something real. Yeah. What
0: What do you think it is? Like, what do you think it is as far as not being able to separate the two, or is John an animal, <laughs> like he says he is? Like when it comes to you know business.
2: <laughs> um. Yes. I mean, long hours, long. Gotcha. Yeah. On your feet, tired. Yeah. Yep. You know it,
1: There's a lot of time. I mean, I do a lot. I, I do a lot of networking. Right. So yes. there's a lot of times when I'm gone. Yeah. And I don't see her because mm-hmm. I'm out networking. Right. Her here at this event. Just trying to get my name out there more right. and doing Most different deaf.
0: stuff. So. Yeah. have you guys uh, considered collaborating business under one name?
1: Yeah, we pretty much do everything under one name already. Right. Um, Countdown Catering and Events is a LOC. Okay. Uh, chef J. Belvin and, and Sweet Indulgence is under that name. Gotcha. Um, so we're pretty much all one business.
0: That's what's up. Have you guys? Uh, well, let's see. What has been one of the greatest challenges you've seen coming up as a chef for both of you guys? I'll let you take this. Oh, (laughs) I'm
2: trying to, I don't know. It's been a lot of challenges. I think um, sometimes feeling and seeing other competition out there and saying to yourself, am I good enough? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's really hard. You have to have the confidence in yourself to know that you can do your best and it can be the best. Right. Um, So that's a hard challenge. Just, I guess, keep going, encouraging yourself. I don't know. What do you think? What's yeah, I would hardest? say
1: because me going to the Super Bowl is just as an example. A lot of those people there went to culinary school. Right. Um. I didn't. I'm self-taught. Wow. So that was that was a challenge for me right there. Just trying to, I won't say keep up, but, right. like she said, am I good enough? Right. Exactly. Um, do I deserve to be here? Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of different challenges, but I would say that's one of the main ones right there.
0: And you were on. Uh, you made it to Fox Master Chef uh, season eight, yeah. man. Yeah. What was that? What was that experience like? How did that yeah. all come about?
1: <laughs> Man, actually, her best friend um, texted her what, maybe like a week before they the, the uh, audition in um, Austin, and she was like, "Master Chef's coming," and mm. so I applied, whatever, and showed up to the audition in Austin. Got there with uh, yeah, we you applied like the
2: day before or something, yeah,
1: right? Yeah, it was it was something real real close to the uh, audition date, but drove up to Austin, was there. About eight hours, man. Yeah. Um, so they broke us up into groups of hunt, like, uh, thirty-five people. Wow. Out of hundreds that showed up. Yeah. And I was the last group of the day. Wow. <laughs> and so I had to impress, you know. Yeah. So, um, made it through the first round, and then um, waited. It was a bunch of waiting that day. Waited, 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 and then <laughs> called and called out numbers. Caught up. They called, out, they called my number to make it to the next round. Passed that round. Made wow. it to the next round. Yeah. And then they said, if you don't hear from us on t- by November that means you didn't make it. November coming coming really close. Yeah. It was about October 28th, 29th. Yeah. Finally got that call. It's wow. like hey, you you've made it to LA. And this is when you leave, this is when you go and
0: Wow. And so was it was So did that help uh launch your business or did that help like, you know, with promotions and and uh, you know, people seeing that as a, like
1: I would say a little bit. Yeah. I think that was more of a confidence builder for me. Gotcha. To see how far I made it. Right. Um, so that was mostly just a confidence, a personal confidence thing for right. my cooking skills. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say it really brought a lot of business or anything, because that's not why I really did it. Right. Um, but it was just more of a confidence thing.
0: That's what's up, man. And and you being from Gary, Indiana, and you being from Louisiana, both, the, both of the cultures are dominant. Yeah. Uh, you meet anybody from gary they like gi till i die you know and you meet anybody from louisiana like man it's all about the boot do y'all feel like y'all's taste for uh food conflict she well, said yeah, they're, yeah well yeah. they're different they're both yeah, very different, different. Yeah.
2: um we actually had Especially thanksgiving, thanksgiving. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is we that both like?
2: had thanksgiving together and their dressing has a little more spice to it oh, yeah, you know some yeah, sausage yeah. and mine is more that
1: it's more of a sweeter S- yes
2: supplement. okay That's like
1: my, well, my mama made it like
2: this well, my dad makes it like so this. we're always right. comparing oh foods and how we grew up eating different things yeah. and trying to bring it together to our taste
0: let me ask you a question do you prefer sugar on your grits as opposed to salt and pepper not at all no i, I don't want no sugar no, on no sugar,
2: grits, sugar on the you don't grits. like sugar on your grits no, no sugar on the grits you
0: like salt and pepper
2: butter <laughs> butter, butter. Okay. i love a lot of butter and yeah. salt on my grits so. really yeah. yeah we
0: put a little secret ingredient in ours mm-hmm. so it, really yeah yeah i'm gonna have to try that man i've never had grits with salt and pepper it just never i've always put butter and sugar <laughs> and so i don't know what uh i mean, that we were I mean talking i've about tried anymore. it like
1: that but i prefer the salt and pepper do you
0: like it with with sugar it's okay. <laughs> so I heard they're like, man, y'all people be trying to put sugar on y'all's grits like it's breakfast or like it's like it's uh malted meal. See, or, yeah, uh, that's yeah. what I grew up malt having, yeah. malted yeah. meal. Yeah. So
2: I separated the two. I put my sugar on the malted meal. Right. The grits yeah. had the salt and pepper.
0: And you have a picture on uh on social media of like shrimp and grits. Yeah. Now apparently that's a big <laughs> thing. Jordan McCook has never had shrimp and grits. What? Every time I have grits, it's like with bacon pancakes. You know what I'm saying? We put the sugar, you know, the butter, sugar, and and that's just what it is, man. So there's this big like debate, like are are you a sugar and grits type person or a <laughs> salt and pepper and grits type person? I don't know. I thought if you were from up north, you put uh sugar in your grits. If you're from the south, you put salt and pepper.
1: Yeah, I was there. That's probably that, what it is. That's what
0: it is. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, man. Before you before you guys are, are are done with cooking, man, what's one thing that you want uh to be known about your legacy?
1: I wanna be the guy that that he was always positive. Right. He always, he never gave up. He um, he kept chasing those dreams. Yeah. I mean, because I do other businesses that's not cooking, too. Right. So I just want to be known as that go-getter. Yeah. Uh, the positive go-getter. That's what's up. That way. Lisa,
0: what about you?
2: Um, I want to leave an impact as far as an inspiration for other girls and women. Yeah. Um, that you can have a business, too. Right. Um, you can do your own thing and be successful. Right. Um, just, I guess, inspiring young women and girls out there
0: and y'all are man y'all are y'all have no idea man the impact that y'all have, uh, that y'all have had uh even like when i'm in the barber shop or you know visiting with different families uh, i've heard them talk about you guys and with y'all being so young people look at y'all and it's like how you know what i mean how are they doing it they're tr- still trying to figure out how are they doing it and how are they still accomplishing more and more. I mean, it was. Or even
1: why are they doing why? it? Why? Yeah. From where, the haters. What, <laughs> what is the why? What?
0: What? Where does it come from, man? I mean, with all the success, what is driving you to to be that?
1: Oh man, I, I have a bunch of whys, but she's probably my number one why. Right. I, I want her to go without. Yeah. Um, that and my family, man. I, that's that's probably my number one why. And also, like I said, I want to be a inspiration. Yeah. For other black young men.
0: Right. What about you? your why
2: my why I'm just that type of person I don't want to give up right um I have a I guess a mindset from a young age that you don't give up you don't give up you don't give up you, give up. you no matter what is going on in your life right you continue to keep pushing and going and right. so I think that's what's driving me with the business and I you know I, I can't give up I have to keep going I have something to prove right and so
0: that's and that, my that's why. that's key man so with that being said, what's next for Countdown Catering and Events and Sweet Indulgence?
1: Uh, we have a bunch of events that we have coming up. Uh, we have a bunch of weddings. We have a uh, um, I'm going. We're going to be doing a, a pop up restaurant. Okay. At a restaurant here in San Antonio. Uh, that'll be really soon. Right. Um, us and a bunch of other chefs are going to be getting together to do a, a cooking class. Right. Um, so we got a lot of stuff that's going to be very exciting, man. Just this, this year, everyone. I want to do a lot of giving back. Right. Um. I want to bring in more mentors because I went to speak at different schools before and and I found out that there's kids I love to cook. Yeah. So I want to take in more mentors, right. um, mentees, I guess, yeah. um, to mentor them, how to, the business side of food, uh, how to prepare different stuff. Right. So we have a lot of different stuff
0: coming up. Man, that's, that's <clears> dope, man. And one thing I, I love to highlight on the show is, um, you know, like I said, our, our our slogan, man, is an outward expression of an inward greatness and it's expressing that greatness that's on the inside in different ways. When I was coming up, the only thing we had was football, you know, and and if, I mean, if football didn't work, you know, go to school and you probably didn't like to do that, but, or, or become a rapper or something, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, or military or military. And it was, it was like, man, what do I do if that's not the vein I want to be great through? Who else is doing what, what, you know, who else is giving me options, yeah. you know? And so they see Jordan McCook, I mean, being a barber, I was laughed at like, oh, you a barber, you're going to be a barber. You're not going to, you know, the four year university or, you know, whatever it may be. Or, you know, some friends already had it all laid out, you know, I'm going to the military. But one thing I love to highlight is, is young uh, African-Americans who are, you know opening the options as to okay you if you don't make it in football because i was what five five trying to go you know play uh college college football and it's like okay that's not going to work and so something you don't need height in how about you go cut some hair you know what i'm saying and you guys are opening the doors man and you know i see my younger siblings or you know the young people that are looking up to me to say hey you know jp and 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 uh, or or Chef Jay Belvin, you <laughs> talking about my nickname? <laughs> Chef Jay Belvin and Lisa are are doing some, you know, are cooking. Why can't I do it? And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, young kids who are struggling, man, who don't have a way out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and are do love to cook. You know, when are laughed at in their schools, are laughed at you know, uh, in their community it's like, you want to be a chef, but they see you, man, you're at the super bowl, you're on Fox, uh, or, you know, on, on, on Fox yeah. master chef or Lisa, you, I mean, the, the, the way you're able to create a design with, with icing and all that kind of stuff is phenomenal. I went and looked up your stuff and I'm like, yo, like, as good as it looks, I wonder how, like, if I can get, you know, one of those. I'm a cooking cold cake or something. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah be, we can
2: work that out. Yeah. We can work I, that I out. I got to
0: bring you out. I know you're doing some meal prepping as well, JP. You do some, uh, I actually don't do meal prepping anymore. Wow.
1: Um, I do in, a lot of in-house
0: cooking. That's okay. my personal chef's side. Yeah. So, catering man. Is there one thing? anything else you all want to leave with the people, man, for you all go? I would say um,
1: never give up on your dreams. Um, just keep chasing them. You're going to have struggles, and that's part of
0: growing countdown catering what about you lisa
2: i'll just copy what he said we can just go with that i <laughs> okay. think that's perfect all right countdown <laughs>
0: catering and sweet indulgence miss lisa banks who will soon be belvin <laughs> and chef j belvin here with countdown catering thank you guys thank you Very thank good. you
2: let me say it once more before i go
0: to the hook this is the radio show of jordan mccook yeah ready set go you, you know we here this is McCook. <laughs> and ain't going nowhere And we're back 930 a.m the answer McCook and Co radio show if you don't know now you know with our special edition of the of our show man Black History Month uh, we're here sitting here uh, with a phenomenal young man out of UTSA uh, part of men of honor uh my man thomas wilson what's going on bro
3: what's going on everyone
0: man this dude is this dude is phenomenal not only is he a, a client of mine in the barbershop, um where we've had many discussions concerning black history we talked about you know uh, uh youth we talked about uh the you know generational gap uh bridging those gaps uh, we talked about uh financial literacy we talked about education spirituality all that kind of stuff man he's a a phenomenal yeah man 21 years old doing some some phenomenal things in the city uh, very very educated and this is why I want to make sure I brought you on the show man uh, for this edition of the McCook and Co radio show so we can talk about uh, some some pros uh, I won't say pros and cons but some some positives and negatives uh, within the black community man that you that you were educated uh, educated on mm-hmm. and so um, uh, we asked you man before we went to the break man what who is your favorite uh, uh, African American in history?
3: Well, for me personally, Frederick Douglass is someone who I greatly admire specifically because he's one of the few people, well, not the few people, but one of many uh, slaves who were brought here that didn't have any identity or anything to identify themselves with and actually taught himself how to read and be educated. And education is one of the most important things for our community.
0: And and that's, I mean, that's huge, man. If I could think of one in history... um, for myself, man, I would I would say you know you always hear the the Martin Luther King Juniors, you hear the the Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, but I am I am uh, man, just I'm I'm thrilled by all three, mm-hmm. you know all all that they have done the 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 mark that they've made in history and you know paving the way for you and I, man, so mm-hmm. we can you we can be here today, you know I, I mean all of them, man, I can't I can't narrow it down to just one, mm-hmm. but uh today, man, we I want to highlight man the positives of uh, what we've seen in in African American history and and the the role we've played in American history the huge mm. role man i'm talking about mm. from uh the inventors to you know entertainers to uh music to all that kind of stuff man we I really want to want to highlight that mm-hmm. but you talked about education mm-hmm. um what are, what is uh, some challenges that you feel like we faced uh in the black community uh, as far as being educated on on anything
3: well For our education, the first thing that has to be recognized is that our school systems have sanitized a lot of our history. Mm -hmm. So the achievements of our ancestors are kind of, you know, swept under the rug and not acknowledged. So for true progress to be made, there has to be an acknowledgement of our history. And so it's not all negative. And I think that's what people have to really acknowledge is that, you know, through addressing the negatives, we can really make a better emphasis on focusing on what we can do better. Right. So you know, we talk about our education system. We talk about you know our founding fathers and Martin and uh, George Washington and things of that nature. But a lot of the slave masters who were you know oppressing people of color their contributions are under their name right. so a lot of things that are go- are you know that are swept under the rug in the black community we don't get to feel a sense of you know encouragement and pride from our ancestors and that's what black history's month is all about is keeping the discussion alive and not sweeping things under the rug so we can you know show appreciation and come together more instead of being in fear of each other
0: man that's that's that i mean that's exactly what it is we uh, talked about uh i mean whenever you think about black history you see uh, I mean, you choose one of two routes, man. What you see today, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about from the young thugs and, you know, uh, Lil Yachty's mm-hmm. and, and, you know, whoever, Fetty Wap, whoever, it it, whoever else it is, and, or or you see uh, uh, slavery. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You see us as, as, you know, being hosed down or thrown into prisons or beaten mm-hmm. on our back. And, you know, we, we skip a lot of, you know, uh, the the major people, man, uh, mm-hmm. who have played a role in, in our history. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean... It's I mean, you see people like like this new movie they just came out with called uh, Hidden Figures, mm-hmm. you know, and you see uh, people like Catherine uh, G. Johnson, mm-hmm. who played a, a huge role. I mean, if she wasn't pretty much the heartbeat of the whole uh, NASA ra- uh, race to space, mm-hmm. you know, who was an African-American. Yes. And so um, I think, man, if we, you know, as young people, man, the world sees these young people like you and I, who are becoming educated on mm. on this matter man on these people like uh, uh you know these different inventors you know mm. beyond martin luther king malcolm x and rosa parks mm-hmm. you know they see us doing it man i mean i believe that will be a, a a spark in in today's society man to say hey like african americans are doing mm-hmm. and have been doing for so long a phenomenal mm-hmm. thing and do play a major role mm-hmm. in, in american history man we talk about Education. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about, uh, uh, you know, financial literacy, man. Uh, if you see it, you see a community like what uh, Black Wall Street used to be. And I'm, yes. I know you're educated on that, man. Tell us a little bit about what you know about Black Wall
3: Street. So Black Wall Street was essentially, you know, an organization and a group of self-sustained blacks who created different communities, businesses so they could self-sustain and, you know, have their own sovereign entity outside of, you know, the capitalistic white society. And so with those, you know, advancements that they made, they were allowed to be successful and, you know, promote their own businesses. And Throughout unfortunate sabotagement by our own country, you know, some of these you know communities were bombed, you know, sabotaged, and things of that nature. So they act like blacks haven't made efforts or strive to do things so they can self-sustain. And by no means is in a, in an excuse, right. but essentially, it's it's a recognition that you know we definitely prioritize empowerment and empowerment of our own communities first, you know, and then when you understand that you can make such a dramatic impact in your own community there's less attention on the oppressive regimes and more on a galvanizing force on bringing people together so we can all win.
0: And that, I mean, and for those that don't know, man, Black Wall Street, uh, Greenwood, Oklahoma, a suburb of, of Tulsa, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, was was the type of community that African-Americans are still today attempting to reclaim mm-hmm. and, and, and rebuild. And unfortunately, uh, you know, 300 plus African-Americans lost their lives and when more, uh, I'm sorry, and more than 9,000 were left homeless. Uh, when the small town was attacked, like you said, looted and literally burned to the ground mm-hmm. uh, beginning in 1921. And so, uh, you know, we talk about all these challenges and stuff that we see in the black community and, you know, negatives and all that kind of stuff. But like you said, mm-hmm. we were once that community. Yes. Do you think getting back to that place is something that's far-fetched or something that we can that we can uh, obtain today?
3: I feel like it's something that's not a stretch at all. You know, when you look at the opportunity in all of these communities, you know, I've seen students of mine in my high school where you know they may not be the best academically but you can tell that they have savvy minds so you know to channel and harness that potential into something constructive those are the challenges that we all face so what it takes is awareness it takes people taking the initiative to actually go into those communities and once they you know achieve affluence not disregard them and act like i'm separate from that you know so when you achieve a certain level of affluence, or you know you recognize that there is genuine hope and opportunity here, you have to maximize that potential. And it takes not just one method, one way, but you know groups of people being aware so you can have a creative discussion and allow feedback from the masses. And
0: man, that's a, I mean man, that's exactly why we have you on the show, man, mm-hmm. you being a part of um, Men of Honor, yes. uh, which is on, on uh, the UTSA uh, University of Texas at uh, San Antonio that's campus. Cool. Uh, tell us a little bit about Men of Honor. You talk about uh, that group being educated that yeah. uh, where, where we can, you know, mm-hmm. like minded people where we can get back to that. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, Men of Honor. Yeah.
3: So the minor So the, oh, excuse me, the Men of Honor primarily consists of uh, minorities, you know, people of color, but mm-hmm. it's not limited or exclusive to that. But essentially, what we try to do is promote the male image of color because we know that there have been a lot of stereotypes attached to us that aren't the most positive. Exactly. So by us getting involved and being in the community and not just, you know, going to volunteer events or doing community service, but demonstrating that you know we are articulate men of color, you know, who actually have ambitions and not just trying to go to school and you know go to class and just go through the motions. But exactly. Genuinely feeling like we have a higher purpose to contribute.
0: And 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 y'all do, man. Y'all are doing a phenomenal job. I'll talk to your president. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president. Of men of honor, and you guys, man, have have shown uh, uh, day after day, man, just being young black men on campus who, like you said, man, who aren't just trying to get through school and you know doing the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to show every single day how great I really am. Mm-hmm. Not just not not to 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 belittle anybody else, but I'm going to try my best every mm-hmm. single day in everything that I do to be the best me I can possibly be. Absolutely. And because the the stereotype that most or young black men get mm. is we're uneducated. Mm-hmm. Lazy. Uh, we're lazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're thrown into prisons. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, that's, all. I mean, or we're, we, uh, if we're not, uh, you know, if we're not, supposed to be on stage rapping or you know fiddling with mics you know Mm -hmm. we got to be dribbling a ball or running up and down the field Mm -hmm. and so what I appreciate about men of honor is you guys show something different Mm -hmm. you guys show something educated you guys show something like that that is that is positive that's another route Mm -hmm. and and I can appreciate that man who are educated on on you know the like I said the positives and negatives Mm -hmm. uh within the black community man and so we and we've talked about that man Mm -hmm. changing what what is it going to take to change even our generation man You with you being 21 years old Mm -hmm. I'm 21 years old Mm -hmm. what do you think it's going to take and I'm talking about African-American males Mm -hmm. uh, you know what do you think is going to take in order to 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 impart change to our generation
3: I think the biggest thing you can do, and from my personal experience, is you have to appeal to people's emotions. I wasn't as passionate about discovering my history and uncovering the truth and a lot of lies that I've been told until I was presented with information that resonated with how I felt emotionally. So you have to wake people up and get them pissed off first, essentially. So. What i did is i did my own research first there were secondary sources on instagram where you know you're getting half of the truth but you're still getting a thirst for knowledge where you're motivated to learn outside of your comfort zone and then from there you know you definitely take advantage of your school resources or wherever you are in a community a library you know knowledge really is power so when you actually can have the opportunity to read a book they're like cheat codes to life is how i see it so where you can understand someone's perspective based on their experiences and combine them with your own and you may not get one concrete answer but you're going to create a discussion you're going to create different thoughts bouncing off different people and that's where true growth happens so you can see where different people come from based on their experiences
0: right exactly and speaking of experiences man what have you experienced um, I guess that stereotype of, of being uh, less than as a black male on uh, on campus or in your own journey your own life
3: Um, one moment for me was definitely in third grade when I had a slur directed towards me that I will never forget. And it wasn't something that I realized the enormity of until I was talking with my family and my parents and I told them about the word this white girl said to me, you know, and it definitely didn't really resonate with me fully in the third grade. But after talking with my parents and having them remind me of the greatness that my people come from and, you know, to hold your head up high and to, you know, not let the words of others denigrate you and hold you from what your goal is. Right. You know, it, it made me feel very inspired, you know. The fact that my, Af- my father's uh, father is the first African-American from Texas to graduate from Harvard. Wow. You know, these are accomplishments that in my family, you know, I definitely realize that it's not just about me, that there's something greater than myself, that, you know, I have to, you know, uphold, you know, just being a human being first before I can, you know, attach whatever selfish things that I want to accomplish, you know, just be a good person, show compassion. Those are things that you know, are very important that we all can learn.
0: Do you do you feel, man, and, and we've talked about it in the barbershop, but do you feel, you know, you hear a lot of people say, you know, oh, y'all think y'all are better than us or mm-hmm. y'all, you know, feel like y'all are superior to every other race. Do you feel a sense of superiority uh, to other races or do you feel like it's just excellence that, you know, we're just birthed with and that's mm-hmm. what we have to
3: be? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's, you know, an overwhelming feeling of superiority, but there is a, certain level of pride that's felt when you know that your group has been targeted more than others, has faced a lot more adversity than specific groups, but yet you guys still prosper and we still triumph over these adversities that face us. And that's where you wouldn't necessarily feel better than someone, but, you know, if you're running a race and you have 16 more hurdles than someone and they only have one, you know, you recognize that what I've done feels a lot more significant. So.
0: Phenomenal man mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm blown away bro yeah. and this is what I this is what I this was my goal man for uh, this segment of the McCook and Co radio show man just to bring an awareness man of, mm-hmm. of and, and you know to people who who may say you know racism or you know that kind of stuff doesn't exist mm-hmm. anymore you know or or this the feeling of uh being inferior to the rest of the nation mm-hmm. uh you know yeah you know we've given y'all access to i mean y'all's president is black you know but mm-hmm. there's still some stuff some underlying stuff there's yeah. uh, systemic racism and stuff Absolutely. like that that still exists that still goes on mm-hmm. that unfortunately me and you mm-hmm. you know have have been uh, uh, victims of yeah um you know and like you said, over overcoming those hurdles, those barriers have mm-hmm. not always been easy. Mm-hmm. Or they can see somebody like you and be like, "Man, you're still young, man. You don't deal with it, or mm-hmm. you haven't gone through, right. you know." Or um, this happened to your ancestors a long time ago. Why yeah. do you still feel that emotional, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a connection to them, and you know, get over it? Mm-hmm. But um, that pride, that pride mm-hmm. that you talk about, man, is 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 key. You know, for our generation to realize, man, mm-hmm. and, and unless there are people like you mm-hmm. who are who are, you know bringing awareness to this who else are we gonna have
3: exactly you
0: know who who else are we gonna have go for it
3: and that's why you know everybody can take the initiative to use whatever platform they have when i was at a protest rally downtown in san antonio a lot of the leaders galvanizing us in the protest were encouraging us that no matter how small your voice is you know if you reach one person and get them to think differently you know you're already creating someone to have different thoughts of their own and when they get it presented with others you get feedback and discussion. And it's not going to create one answer, but it's going to get people to at least relate with one another and see where people come from.
0: Yeah. What do you, what do you have to, what do you think, man, about that awakening? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you hear a lot of people in the black community talking about, you know, you know, it's time to wake up. Right. What do you think that is? What do you think that awakening is?
3: I think it's to recognize that a lot of the lies we've been told, you know, don't, doesn't have to be an excuse for us to not progress from being in a position that we're at. So, It takes that recognition for us that, you know, we have a sanitized history that doesn't glorify (laughs) our leaders, that doesn't recognize a lot of our accomplishments. But with that, that is where true awareness begins. When you realize that what you've been fed, you can't just take it as fact and as gospel. It has to be something where you critically think and you look towards how can this be reformed or changed and not just how we can, you know, just like make minimal adjustments, but, you know, a full... I would say reform, I mean revolution, you know, there's a lot that in our history kind of goes unnoticed, I would say, you know, where you look at the transitions from segregation and the civil rights movement to mass incarceration where there are a lot of minorities that are greatly targeted versus other groups along with gentrification, you know, these are things that (laughs) masses need to be aware of where, you know, there are certain platforms that other groups have the privileges of benefiting from where other groups get subjugated, you know, Again, so, I mean, there's no real one answer, like I'm saying. I'm not trying to, you know, sound wishy-washy or anything like that. But there's definitely, you know, aspects in our history that go unnoticed. And for us to be in a community to have people of color, right. educate people of color on these issues so there is less bias, those are some solutions that can, you know, greatly impact the future.
0: And you talked about uh, you talked about mass incarceration mm-hmm. uh, after watching the, the documentary mm-hmm. uh, 13th. Yes. Uh, which was a phenomenal documentary, by the mm-hmm. way, man, was phenomenal in mm-hmm. um, educating their people. Do you do you feel some t- kind of emotional a- uh, attachment mm-hmm. to what is being done uh, or has been done to our people?
3: Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. You know, when you look at it, it's like, you know, people will be like, oh, it's the system. It's not, you know, these white people or they're my ancestors or my fathers, I can't attach to that when you are still benefiting from the economic privileges that they've put in place. <laughs> right. So when you look at the laws and the policies that are created, they're all based off of who has the money, who has the influence. And when you have that economic backing from generations prior, automatically you feel a sense of entitlement and you have the privilege of ignoring what the other groups don't have and right. don't have the benefit of being or having those privileges. So you know, those things definitely are sensitive for me. You know, it's something that, you know, you can definitely easily get your head down about those things. Right. But when you have an awareness level, when you know you can think for yourself and you can't take everyone's what they're saying as the truth, then, you know, you feel a certain level of comfort and an obligation to enlighten others and to, you know, not just limit yourself to being like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, research that and take it as truth. You right. know, you take the extra initiative to really look into it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's, that's key, man. That's what yeah. I feel like it's all about. And like you said, there's no one answer, Yeah, you know, to, to the problem. Ultimately mm-hmm. the system yeah. itself mm-hmm. is, you know, you hear people say, oh, it's corrupt and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, it wasn't designed to protect us. Exactly. Or, and it definitely wasn't designed for us. Mm-hmm. And the amount of adversity that we've overcome year, mm-hmm after year mm-hmm. after year and still remaining relevant I mean not a, a people that are just washed away and done mm-hmm. away with and our voice is still I mean though it may be small our voice is still being heard man mm-hmm. which is 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 key
3: mm-hmm. you know
0: we've and like I said me and you have had many many of talks mm-hmm. uh, in the barbershop concerning these is, uh, issues mm-hmm. um, but my goal is there's too many people who are focusing on the problem, yeah. and not a solution. I agree. Or bettering yourself, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Educating yourself, getting in the books, you know, mm-hmm. or even reading. Man, when I was doing my research for this for this month uh, about all you know all the black inventors that have come, mm-hmm. you know, way before us that never get highlighted in history, mm-hmm. it motivated me. Mm-hmm. And and, and it, it it a place it came from a uh, I was coming from a place of pride. Now now I want to bring honor mm. to those who have come before me when yeah. they see them a cooking co radio show this is what we stand for mm-hmm. you know when they see uh, thomas wilson from men of honor this is what it's all about absolutely you know and i want to take the time man um outside of the common black history month names that uh, we always hear martin luther king malcolm x rosa parks mm-hmm. um, you know, to highlight some extremely uh, extraordinary African-Americans who have played an uh, uh, important role in American history mm-hmm. who never get re- uh, recognized. i talked about uh, hidden figures. Um, and you may know a couple of these names, man. Um, the incredible untold story of uh, Catherine Jean Johnson, uh, G. Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jack uh, Jackson, brilliant African-American uh, women working uh, at NASA who served as the brains behind one of the greatest operations in history. The launch of uh, uh, astronaut John Glenn into orbit—a stunning achievement that restored the nation's confidence. Uh, I'm sorry, the nation's confidence, turning uh, around the space race and galvanized, uh, and, and galvanized world. A visionary uh, trio crossed all genders and race uh, lines to inspire generations to dream big. Uh, uh, Miss Cat, uh, Catherine uh, G. Johnson is a uh, NASA mathematician. Who uh, calculated the flight path uh, mm. for the first ever American space mission? Uh, and she entered college at age 14. Wow! Phenomenal, man. Entered, uh, and when I read that, man, it like I said, it took me to a place of not, uh, there's a lot of people who get angry about this. Mm -hmm. Why have I never heard about her? Why have I never heard Mm -hmm. about this stuff? And then it's like, fight the power, you know, fight, Mm -hmm. you know, fight on my, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever I got to do, you know, from, from killing and, you know, uh, the black Panther movement or whatever it may be. But now we just, like you said, it's coming from a place of pride where Mm -hmm. now I want to make, you know, my, my people, you know, happy. Uh, like I said, you get people like Louis Latimer, who, uh, was the, uh, who invented the first, uh, carbon filament for the light bulb. You, you Mm -hmm. hear about, uh, Thomas Edison, uh, Mm -hmm. who may have invented the, the electric light bulb, but Latimer helped, uh, make it a common feature in American households in 1881. He received a, uh, patent for, um, inventing a method of producing carbon uh, filaments, which, uh, made the light bulbs, uh, longer lasting and more efficient Mm -hmm. and cheaper uh, another one, man, I heard about uh, uh, Otis Boykins, 1920 to 1982, mm. uh, who invented the artificial heart pacemaker control unit. And why it's important is, uh, although there were variations to the pace, uh, pacemaker before Boykins' invention, the modern-day pacemaker would not exist
3: mm-hmm. without
0: his work. And so is there anybody else, man, you can highlight, man, in in history? I don't want to put you on the spot, man, but uh, anybody else you can highlight?
3: One of the uh, founders of the uh, Black Panther Party, he was actually one of their chairman, Fred Hampton. He had a coalition called the Rainbow Coalition. Essentially, what he tried to do was unite or galvanize blacks, Latinos, gays, lesbians, you name it, under one uh, multiracial force against oppression that, you know, during the 60s and 70s was, you know, very prevalent with a lot of issues going on. So... I think that's what the biggest, you know, one of my most favorite activists are just because he really promoted solidarity. It wasn't just, you know, one group versus another. You know, he really upheld a lot of the values of the Black Panther Party, which, you know, kind of get misconstrued. But essentially, you know, they, you know, made lunches for kids before schools. You know, they did a lot of positive things in their community, you know, believed in, you know, resistance, essentially because there were unjust police killings that, you know, still affect us today. Right. But, you know. For the most part, you know, you see a lot of organizations that have dissolved, and you know, it's very important to recognize that even though they may not be as alive today, and there's variations of them, you know, their ideals have a large impact on the black community. So we are very grateful for that. Very
0: grateful, man. And like I I mean, the the list goes on, man. And I, like I said, as I was doing my research, I was just blown away, man. Even from uh, my man Gerald A Lawson from mm. uh, 1940 to 2011. Uh, he invented the modern home video gaming console. Wow. So anyone who owns a PlayStation, Wii, <laughs> Xbox, anything like that should know Lawson's name. Uh, like I said, he created the first uh, home video game system that used interchangeable uh, cartridges, uh, offering games uh, our gamers a chance to play a variety of games and giving video game uh, makers a way to earn profits by selling individual games, a business model that still Exist today, but you would never know unless mm-hmm. you do your history, you do your research. Another one I was blown away by by Mark, uh, Mark Hanna, uh, 1956, to uh, who is still alive today, uh, 3D graphic uh, technology, uh, used in films. Anyone who was awed by, uh, you know, Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, um, this, I mean, should thank Chicago native Mark Hanna, mm-hmm. the computer scientist, is one of the founders in 1982 of a software firm, uh, Silicon Graphics, now, uh, sgi where the special effects genius developed 3d graphic uh graphics technology that would be used in many hollywood films and like i said even today man and so i am i am i am thrilled to to be a part of a heritage uh or to come from a heritage mm-hmm. man of people who who have been oppressed um for so long mm-hmm. but are but still managed to hold on to the greatness man and and all the way into present present day man uh you see I, i'm awed by what Maya Angelou has done Mm -hmm. and and um, even what uh, Denzel Washington is doing today, uh, becoming now a producer and making way uh, for for young actors to have those lead roles, mm-hmm. uh, which he wasn't, which he didn't have access to, mm-hmm. uh, growing up. And so, when people see my & Co. radio show, mm-hmm. when y'all see us on YouTube, or y'all following us, man, listening to us on SoundCloud or thirty a.m. The answer, just know, man, we plan, we have every intention. Or you see Mr. Thomas Wilson, man, from Men of Honor. Yes, uh, when you see us, man, we have every intention to c- carry on that legacy. Um, and and I have a question, man. What I asked Mr. Belvin on the first uh, half of the show, man. But I want to ask you, man. What is one thing, and, we, and real quick, mm-hmm. that you want people to to know or hear about Thomas or your legacy, man, going on out?
3: Uh, one thing about me is I'm a 21 year old communication major. Um, there's a lot that I've learned on my spiritual journey, as far as you know, uncovering the history of my ancestors and learning more about the oppressors that still affect this country today, and know that we haven't truly achieved our ultimate goal. But I'm very inspired. I know that even when it's a big mountain to climb, if you reach one person and get them to think differently, you can really change the world.
0: Mr. Thomas Wilson, man, thank you so much, man, for being part of the show. Absolutely. Let me say it once more before I go to the hook. This is the radio show of Jordan McCook. Yeah. Ready, set, let's go. You, you know we here. This It's And ain't going nowhere, set.